Welcome to 10,000 Things Theater Community Podcast. My name is Marcela Lorca, and I will be your host. In this episode, I check in with Twin Cities Certified Nurse Midwife, Maggie Pastar, who works at Hennepin County Medical Center. We discussed navigating work in the time of COVID-19. Hello, Maggie. Hi, Marcella. So Maggie, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your work, and what do you like about it? Well, I've been a nurse midwife for 39 years. And all of that time I've worked at Hennepin County Medical Center because I love it there. So I've retired from what we call full scope practice um, a few years ago. So I don't, I'm not doing, I'm not with women in labor anymore and doing births after 35 years. I stopped getting up at night and on weekends and holidays. And now I'm just working in the outpatient clinic. So I see women for prenatal care and family planning and postpartum and well woman care, annual exams, things like that. So you have uh, quite a reputation and quite a, a big family in terms of all the babies that you've helped to be, to arrive to this world. Uh -huh. uh, how many babies have you helped arrive in this world? Well, I haven't really counted. I've thought about doing that a number of times, but I, I estimate it's a a couple thousand throughout all those years. That's amazing, Maggie. Yeah. Um, in full disclosure, I met Maggie uh, during my first pregnancy and she was my midwife uh, for my second child. So I, I had a fabulous experience giving birth at Hennepin County Medical Center with Maggie. And she's an amazing midwife and I know that all the mothers that you've helped are so grateful for your, for your work and for your presence and for your generosity. Mm -hmm. Such a privilege to be able to be with families during this time in their lives, and it's an honor. Can you tell us a little bit how life has changed, how, how work has changed due to these specific circumstances? <laughs> It's changed a lot. We, um, we started to not see women as frequently during pregnancy, kind of went by World Health Organization guidelines about how frequent prenatal visits are important and necessary for low-risk women. So sometimes we may see a person only four to six times during a pregnancy in person. At those visits, we'll have to draw blood and do some immunizations and get an ultrasound and do things, you know, make sure the baby's head is down at the end of pregnancy, the things that need hands-on in-person care. But many visits in between we do with either phone visits or now video visits. And that's new to the moment, the video visits? It is. It is. There's plenty of organizations that have done telemedicine, is what they call it, um, with video visits. Our organization at Hennepin County Medical Center, or Hennepin Healthcare is the new name, um, we haven't done that before. And it's usually about an 18-month process to start 
ramping up the capacity to do that, but we did it in a few weeks, so it's pretty remarkable. Wow, and it's working smoothly? It, it has for me. I mean, there were glitches a little bit at first, and there's changes that happen all the time, but I did my first visits recently and did three in one day, and it was very smooth and very satisfying. So, of course, at this time, everything stops except for babies keep coming into the world. Yep. So, <laughs> so have things changed in, in terms of delivery or the process of labor for women? Yes, there are things that change. We are now testing everyone when they come in in labor, um, <clears throat> testing them for COVID. And we have a test that comes back, well, they're, they've, they're run twice a day. So depending upon when the test is run, it's, it's going to be same day. Or if it's not run until night, then it's the next day. But it's, it can be four hours or so, and, and we'll have that test result. Um, but we treat everybody as they could be potentially infected because the tests won't pick them up immediately and may, and uh, we don't know immediately if women are in labor. So, um, so that's one thing that's done differently. And then everybody, of course, is masked um, and with N95 masks and face covering, you know, face shields. Um, there's a... So... It's, it's hard because midwives don't really like to cover up in that way. We want to be real present and people uh, to women that are in labor. How are the women responding to this new reality? Um, the women who are going through labor, and I imagine there might be some cases where women have had COVID and um, how, how how does that work for women who have the virus? Well, we haven't had very many yet. Um, and all of them that we've had have been asymptomatic. So they didn't know until they had the test, they, were, they haven't been sick. Um, so it's scary for them when they've tested positive. I mean, we don't really treat them differently because we have, we actually, have all the protective gear for everyone, but you know, are they going to get sick? They worry about that. They've, there's been a lot of worries people have had. Am I going to give it to the baby? There's no evidence that it crosses into breast milk and that babies would get it by breastfeeding, but of course the babies could get it through being breathed upon by someone that has it and coughed. And so in that in those cases, do babies have to stay separated from their mothers? It's really the family's decision. I mean, that would be absolutely the safest is to keep the baby separate, and she could pump her breasts and give the baby breast milk. Uh, someone else could give the baby breast milk. Um, it seems at this point more people are choosing to um, do really good hand washing and wear a mask while they're breastfeeding the baby and just be very careful in that way. So I wanted to ask you if a person has the virus and they have to, of course, decide whether to quarantine the baby and themselves or what's more important to establish that first bond, which is so important for 
mother and baby particularly. Can you speak a little bit about that? I think it's can be very reassuring to people to know that it's very rare for a baby to get this virus. It has happened, but of all the cases, it's it's been so unlikely and they, they, so that's helpful, I believe, for women to know I'm not putting my baby at great risk to continue to breastfeed even if I have this, this virus. If women are sick with the virus, with the, with COVID-19, that of course makes it more challenging for them to care for the baby, whether then they would choose to um, pump their breasts and, and have someone else feed the baby or give the baby donated breast milk or even formula um, and then have someone else care for the baby. It, is there a way that um, caregivers are supporting, are offering emotional support to mothers at this time? Oh yes, we have lots of um, support like that, places, uh, things set in place for mental health issues and emotional concerns that we do in our regular life. And now we have therapists and psychiatrists that can do, again, video visits to be able to reach a person in their home. And it's been fabulous to have some of those sort of resources available because many times if people are def depressed or very anxious, it's really hard to get to extra appointments, even if they're suffering or having a lot of emotional issues. But if they ha can have the opportunity to speak from the comfort of their home to someone, it can make such a big difference. It's something that should continue on after this is over for sure. That's great. So you're finding new lessons and practices that you can apply later on. Yes. And, and just doing prenatal care. You know, I can imagine I've not been going into the clinic. I've only been doing telemedicine visits remotely. And of course, some, some times women need to go in, but everybody's going to be masked. And I think just to go into a healthcare institution at this point feels scary to a lot of people. But to be in their home with them, even though it's on a screen, you're right there face to face and they're relaxed and a little bit chatty. And it feels like such a great opportunity to really connect. I think that especially could continue on afterwards when people have busy lives and kids at home and are working and maybe don't have good transportation or childcare if they need it to be able to do a visit within their home sometimes seems like a perfect solution for a lot of people in their lives, a lot of families. How are you feeling with, you know, the, the isolation and the social distancing and how are you personally dealing with it? Well, um, it's, it feels like an opportunity to really have a different pace of life, which I appreciate. Um, that being spring and just noticing the changes in the spring and in the world, I really appreciate getting outside every day. And it's, there's a lot of learning opportunities that, that are happening right now. 
So I have been very socially isolated, so I've not been worried right now about getting the virus. Of course, I think for most people, it's all the question of when will things change and how will we come out of this and feel safe? And the unknown, I think, is challenging for everyone and not being able to see my grandkids and except for from a distance is hard and my, my children. What are things that are bringing you joy at this moment? I've been, I've always been a walker, but I've been going out very early because I live near one of the lakes and it gets very busy in the afternoon when it's a nice day. So I go out sometimes before the sun comes up and it's so beautiful. Um, you know, experiencing that, which I haven't done much before that early and to have that stillness. And um, so nature has really given me a lot right now. And being present, just my husband and myself, in ways that aren't rushed, and that we all—that's all we have—is each other right now. That's that's who I get to hug. <laughs> that's all. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to wish you the best, and thank you so much for talking to me today. Have a beautiful day. Thank you. It's great to talk with you, Marcella. This is Marcela Lorca for 10,000 Things Community Podcast Series. Through this new series, we're looking to highlight stories from members of our community during this extraordinary and challenging time. Thank you for joining us and stay in touch. Till next time, be well.